I was having flashbacks of the 2021 NBA Finals, the Bucks and the Suns on a Sunday afternoon. It was physical. It felt like a playoff game. And similar to some of those games in 2021, Drew Holiday was the difference on the offensive end and particularly on the defensive end coming up with the big stop down the stretch. Plenty to talk about from this game. Jay Crowder had a, a few little revenge moments in this afternoon at Fiserv Forum as well. The Bucks have won 14 straight games. Let's talk about it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day, and you'll be doing so with a smile on your face today if you're a Bucks fan because they have won 14 straight games. And this one had just a little bit of a playoff vibe to it, if you ask me. But we thank you for watching, supporting us, subscribing, jumping in the comments, and getting involved in the show. It's uh, it's what makes this fun, let's be honest. So if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do so. And let us know your thoughts on this game, particularly on the YouTube channel. It's free to do, and it helps us a lot. So we appreciate it. Frank, I'm a bit of a weirdo in this way that uh, I find things exciting about every single game that the Bucks play and where they can be playing the Charlotte Hornets on a Tuesday night and I'll get a little bit fired up for it. But this was a little bit different. And I don't know whether it was the day game. I don't know whether it was the whole ABC thing. But the way this game played out, the defensive stuff, it was physical. You get the sense these teams don't really like each other. You get the sense the Phoenix Suns want to have some revenge on the Bucks when they play them. And it came down to the final few possessions this was a really, really fun game for me in terms of the competitiveness between these two teams. And hey, they might be on the path to facing each other in the postseason, but we should talk about Drew Holiday first. Would you say that is a fair place to start because he was awesome? Yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday has been the one constant for the Milwaukee Bucks this season. And uh, Giannis out uh, of this game, no Giannis, no Kevin Durant. So, of course, that takes a little bit of luster off this matchup. Hopefully, hey, we can get this matchup in the finals and you have Giannis and Kevin Durant thrown into the mix as well. Uh, that's only going to kind of up, up the stakes further, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been obviously Drew Holiday's season uh, in many ways, you know, Giannis, yeah, it's not like Giannis and it's a ton of games, but Drew has really been, you know, night in and night out drew and, and Brooke Lopez, who also had another big game tonight. feels like those two guys have sort of been the rocks of this team, just from an availability standpoint. And um, you know, once again, Drew uh, doing some things that we're used to seeing him do sort of all this year, right? 33 points. We've seen him do this um, <laughs> repeatedly this season, having these really big, uh, you know, scoring nights. Uh, you know, the the question um, that we we had gotten from uh, on Twitter from, I believe it was Pickin Popovich uh, about mm. Drew Holiday being potentially in the running for the, this new clutch player of the year award, which, you know, is probably like the most random of the awards. 
uh, the official NBA awards. Um, you know, he hit obviously some, some really big shots at bucks, you know, kind of were like playing out, you know, had like a little bit of a lead for much of this game led by, I believe 10, I don't know if it, it might've gotten up to 11 momentarily in the third quarter. Um, but then, you know, credit to the Suns, they, they fought back and, you know, they led by as many as eight, they had a seven point lead, you know, uh, eight point lead, I think inside five minutes, a seven point lead, um, with a chance and the ball, uh, at one point and bucks were able to get stops. Obviously drew and Brooke are kind of the foundations of the bucks defense in many respects. Um, but drew holiday, when, when they got down, uh, he made just a couple of really big shots and then, uh, is able to hit the the three pointer that gives the Bucks a hundred to ninety eight lead that you know wasn't the the final margin of victory but put the Bucks ahead to stay for good and um, Brooke Lopez also getting in the act late um, after the offense kind of bogged down a bit on two straight possessions when they were up two with with Drew that was really the only notes that I had on Drew Holiday the only negatives on Drew Holiday was he had those two possessions where kind of over dribble probably was focused too much on running clock and one of them Chris Paul steals it. Um, the, the next one, he got into his action really late and ends up kind of losing the ball as the shot clock expires. But Chris Middleton gets the ball with the game tied, uh, and they run a really nice um, action where, where Brooke Lopez gives it to Chris on a dribble handoff. He dumps it down to Brooke, rolling to the rim, and um, and he's able to score. And, you know, it kind of brings back to something that we've talked about, you know, and sort of in light of the Bucks winning that championship. You know, the, the, the reason they won that championship is because they were able to go down the stretch and in clutch times when big plays had to be made, the Bucks were the team that made those plays against a Suns team that has been known as the best clutch team in basketball, because, you know, in large part, they have Devin Booker and Chris Paul guys that can get to that mid range shots, guys that don't really turn the ball over and guys that make plays um, when things count late in games. And now they're adding Kevin Durant too, which, you know, makes it even scary in that regard. Meanwhile, the Bucks have, you know, pre-title had always had sort of these questions like, well, Giannis isn't like a typical late game guy, you know, you're going to give the little Chris Middleton, like what, what's that? You know, that, that doesn't seem like a great, great option relative to, you know, when we're talking about all these superstars as late game options, but uh, in that series in the NBA finals, they won four games out of six and three of those games came down to the wire and the Bucks were the team that in all those games made big plays on defense and made big plays on offense and that was, you know, a big recurring theme of the Bucks title run in general. And again, today, um, the Suns came, you know, the Suns make their fourth quarter run. They go up, they're playing from in front in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks again, make plays offensively. They make plays defensively. Drew, I think was, as you said, the headliner. Brooke Lopez had an awesome night on both ends. Again, four blocks, had that big block on uh, Devin Booker getting to the rim. And Drew Holiday, you know, doing what Drew Holiday does best in the final minute, knocked away, stolen by Holiday when Devin Booker was driving. Um, so uh, again, just a really fun, uh, really fun uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, I don't know. These games without Giannis always feel kind of like, you know, house money in some ways. Like you want to keep the street going and everything, but you wouldn't feel too badly if you lose a game without Giannis. Um, but yeah, just a really fun performance. Jay Crowder, I'm sure we'll talk about him hitting two big threes down the stretch as well against his former team. So, um, you know, we've seen this team time and again when Giannis is out, when Chris is limited. Um, you know, in particular, it's it's been Drew and, and Brooke Lopez who've been the story for so much of this season. And once again, they delivered tonight big time on both ends. And for obvious reasons, 
I reference and you reference the 2021 NBA Finals, but you know the Bucks again, they're two points up. Booker has a chance to make something happen, and he had a relatively rough night overall. I thought he was pretty well defended for a lot of it, and sometimes he just missed those shots. He finishes the night 9 for 21 from the field. You'll take that all the time, 1 for 5 from 3, but he had the 24 points on 21 shots. But as the game wore on and as the Suns started to, to get a bit of a lead, he was working in the mid-range a little bit and he was starting to knock down those shots. And the difference with this play to the NBA Finals play, because Booker is actually pretty effective at sort of planting, spinning, and it's just really tough to defend. But we know in the finals, Drew Holiday was there waiting for the spin. On this time, he was on his hip the whole time and Booker already had been blocked by Brook Lopez a couple of times as well. And I'm sure that that was on his mind. So between the both of them, just a huge defensive play. And we've got so used to it over the last few years, but it, it is, there is something just really, like hitting big shots is fun, but also there is something really fun about a defensive play from those two guys that can win you a game. And he was absolutely huge. You mentioned Jay Crowder, which is, I do want to talk about that because we did see a lineup down the stretch. Now there is a one big Greek fellow that I'm pretty sure is going to slide into that closing lineup, but we saw some interesting stuff, including Chris Middleton playing down the stretch, which was Nice to see as well. So we'll talk about the lineups and what the Bucks did closing this game out. After I talk about prize picks, Daily Fantasy made easy. And if you aren't aware of what prize picks is or how you play, you pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So there's no competing against other people, which is a nice thing about it. It's just you versus the projections available. And if you don't want to go to the NBA style, you can go to uh, hockey, golf, all those college sports, they've pretty much got every sport that you can think of, even esports. You can find it all on Price Picks. So go check it out and you can make your entry in 60 seconds or less. The withdrawals are safe and fast and it's currently operational in over 30 states. So download and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100 bucks instant deposit match. Uh, 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. And if you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. If you deposit 50, They'll give you 50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on to cash in on that deal at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's price picks. All right, let's get to this lineup stuff. And second time we've had a chance to see Jay Crowder, which was great because it was against the Phoenix Suns. And he picked up a few fouls early in this game. And I think there was definitely an edge to the way he defends. He's always going to be physical. He's always trying to get a, going to try and get into it a little bit. But we saw him, it looked like he was chirping a little bit at the Suns bench a couple of times. Like he was just amped up for this, which you totally and completely understand. He ends up playing 25 minutes in this game, which is a pretty decent number for his second time out with the team. He has a seven points, a couple assists, a steal. But the... The fun thing was the fact he was in this closing lineup. So down the stretch, the Bucks went with Brook Lopez. They were able to play him a lot of minutes. He played 36 minutes in this game. And then alongside Brook Lopez, they had Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, and Joe Ingles was the fifth guy there. I've got a question about Joe Ingles to ask you in a little bit because of something you referenced on this podcast a few days ago. But uh, overall, what did you see from Jay Crowder? Because there were certainly moments where, again, where he was guarding Devin Booker. He was getting those important defensive roles, which I think is what we're going to expect. And then, as you pointed to, on a night where the Bucs didn't shoot great from three, knocking down those back-to-back corner threes in front of the Bucs bench was very significant. 
some excellent uh, bench celebrations as well. Um, <laughs> shout out to Giannis. Giannis had his bow and arrow out uh, at various points when he was jumping he, around. The he was jumping around, them. jumping around. So you know the the you know, he supposedly misses came with what was being termed a quad <laughs> contusion. I I don't know. I, I hopefully that's better than you know knee soreness. I, I don't know, but he looked pretty. He looked pretty okay, at least on the bench. He looked happy. Um, I thought the matchups down the stretch were really interesting, as you alluded to. Obviously, this is not going to be a closing group that we're going to expect to see in games that matter when the Bucks are healthy. Um, Crowder and, and Joe Ingles, the, the two obvious guys that you would ask, like, okay, which one of those guys plays in, in those types of scenarios when Giannis is healthy? Um, but it was interesting to see Joe Ingles on Chris Paul mm. as like a primary defender on Chris Paul for much of the night. Um, and then Crowder was not necessarily, I don't, they weren't trying to put him on, um, Devin Booker, but repeatedly there were switches where Drew was defending Devin and then they ran a, a screen and, and Jay Crowder ended up defending him. There, there were a couple of, a couple of them in the fourth quarter where they were just straight up blow buys and Devin Booker got into the paint and was able to kick it out for pretty good looks, which, you know, kind of reiterated like what we've been talking about. Like, you know, I mean, again, not to make this always about PJ Tucker, but I mean, PJ Tucker was like the primary defender on Devin Booker. And again, not to say like PJ Tucker was like shutting Devin Booker down because nobody really just shuts Devin Booker down. Even someone like Drew, you know, again, when Devin Booker's on, it's, it's really hard to stop him. But, um, but I mean, on the, the biggest play that we always think about the stolen by holiday play, I mean, PJ Tucker is the primary defender. That's what they, they came out of, I believe a timeout with that as, as the option. And they put, I think Drew on, on Chris Paul, um, Obviously, Chris Paul is is a couple years older, has aged. Clearly, based on the fact that you had Joe, Joe Ingles defending Chris Paul a fair bit during crunch time, would suggest that the Bucks are not that worried about Chris Paul's quickness um, and the fact that you know they're just not running the offense through Chris Paul as much as they might have previously. But um, but it's it, it was interesting just sort of seeing how the the Suns were manipulating some of the matchups. You know, as we said, they repeatedly were able to get. Uh, Booker onto uh, onto uh, Jay Crowder uh, from a defensive matchup perspective, um, and you know Booker also missed uh, against Crowder. Booker settled for a, a pretty tough wing three that was well contested by Jay in the final minute as well that he missed. Um, so you know again, it, I, I I don't I mean I didn't need to see Jay Crowder defending Devin Booker to know that like that's not a matchup I would seek out if I'm the Bucks. Um, and I think that's one of those interesting things too, is, is we saw in some cases they would go to a situation where they would try to get Booker or Crowder switched onto Booker. And then they would try to then run a screening action with Aiden and Lopez. And the reason you do that is on the one hand, you could say like, well, you know, Crowder can, can hold up reasonably well in a switch against uh, somebody like Aiden, you know, better than, you know, a small guy. Uh, but then the question is, okay, but then do you want to switch, you know, Devin Booker under, under Brooke Lopez and give Devin Booker that matchup? And so the Bucks in those scenarios were generally having Jay Crowder kind of try to go over the screen and contest from the rear. But again, Jay Crowder is like a big dude. And as you might expect, like not expert at navigating screens, certainly not as well as somebody like, uh, like Drew Holiday. So uh, it was interesting to see some of the cat and mouse game that was going on there. Um, I thought, because they wanted to play through Booker, especially given that, you know, Chris Paul, I mean, he, he had definitely, Chris Paul definitely had chances um, in the fourth quarter. He definitely got a fair bit of touches uh, down the stretch, but um, you know, they were more, looked like they were more trying to attack that matchup versus trying to, to attack Ingles with Chris Paul. 
And, you know, fortunately, as again, as we were discussing in normal circumstances, you'd only have one of those guys on the floor at a given time. Um, and clearly Bud seems, seems comfortable with relying on those guys and, and having those guys kind of figure it out and, and use their, their experience and IQ and strength um, to, to navigate screens and switches and some of those other things. So, uh, so yeah, it was an interesting, interesting grouping to see, to see late. Um, you know, I, I think we've obviously seen Bud go a lot to Grayson Allen in those scenarios, especially even defensively um, late today. It was, it was obviously Ingles and Crowder that, that were the, uh, the two kind of add-ons to the, uh, to the base group of, of Brooke Drew and, and Chris Milton. So yeah, just kind of say, again, the, these games are always just interesting because of uh, the fact that you know that that a team like the Suns are going to manipulate matchups and try to get to the ones that they like. And this is what the Bucks need. You know, they need to see these types of of matchups. They need to see these types of situations because, again, it's, as you said, I, I had the exact same reaction. Like that felt like a a playoff style game in terms of intensity, physicality. Uh, you know, both defenses got the better of the offenses on a night like this, and. Uh, yeah, it was just a you know a fun, fun way to spend a Sunday afternoon, and again another reminder that you know we can complain about the NBA regular season not being taken as seriously and star players missing and you know the All Star game being a sham, blah blah blah. But um, when you get two good teams like this, especially given that these teams do have some history, you know I don't think the Suns were thinking that they could avenge a Finals loss in in a regular season game or anything. But um, but yeah, the, both these teams obviously really wanted to win this game, and um, you know, credit to the Bucks again, they just have been able to find ways to win, um, not just during the streak, but, but all year long. And that's how they've been able to really outperform their point differential night in and night out. So, um, so yeah, fun game. And uh, again, just, Hey, 14 wins in a row. Can't complain about that. So the reason why I thought the, because I totally agree with you, if this is a playoff game and, and Giannis is there, then they, they're easy. Well, it's depending if they want to go big or and have Brooke Lopez out there, but it is a matchup where you, he think you think he can play a decent number of minutes. But so I think the obvious swap is Giannis in for Ingles. But the reason why I thought it was interesting because the other day you said when we talk about who we think Ingles can guard, there there is this belief that it's, well, seeming belief that they think that he can defend smaller guys more than bigger guys. So the Chris Paul stuff was interesting. Whether or not you think he did a good job, I don't know. But the thing that I did like about it was the fact that Ingles was up for the shenanigans as much as Chris Paul was up for the shenanigans and Chris Paul was trying shit all game long. Like we know that he does. And then when Ingles was on him, he was being as annoying as you could imagine he would be. And he even like talked, sort of coaxed him into that offensive foul. So I think, you know, we did at least see an insight. Maybe the, the best example we've seen so far is that Joe Ingles is a massive pest and he is going to annoy people in the postseason in those types of matchups, which that's helpful. That's helpful having a guy out there that is just annoying and working the refs all game long. Well, and, and to underscore just the the kind of playoff atmosphere as well. I mean, you know, look at the minutes played figures um, for for both teams. And Brooke Brooke had the interestingly Brooke played the most minutes of anybody, thirty six minutes in this game. Um, you know, when you look back at it, right, you think about Brooke's playoff run uh, to the finals. I mean, the the Sun series was certainly not like his high point in terms of his involvement in that series and the, the Suns' ability to to kind of hurt the drop defense from mid range. Um, you know, led them to, to oftentimes playing without Brooke on the floor uh, late in games and putting Giannis at center tonight, obviously that was less of an option with, with no Giannis, but, but again, I mean, this, that's just what, because, you know, he, 
th there's no easy way to just like attack him, right? You can't just put, um, you know, a pick, pick and pop big out there. Um, and if you just go small, um, you know, again, I think most teams just don't want to play small all the time. And so not surprisingly, we saw pretty much most of the game, either DeAndre Ayton or, or Jock Landell, your boy, uh, Ozzy legend, legend Jock Landell um, out there. So the Suns have like no power forwards right now since Durant, since Durant is hurt. So it's a little funky because it was basically always uh, a true center and then just like a bunch of guards and wings. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, again, Brooke, Brooke just showed up, didn't necessarily, didn't start the game shooting that well, but hit a couple threes in the second half that were pretty important. And, uh, you know, again, just, I think as we've seen these last kind of two, three years, you know, his value offensively is that he can, he can do so much more than just be a three point shooter. And even though the three point shot has been really good this year, um, you know, I think what makes him so valuable is that he can score in different ways. He can, you know, roll the rim get on the offensive glass um, and, and find ways to be a weapon offensively, even if he's not just kind of doing the, the splash mound thing from, from 28 feet. So uh, another, another great game in, in a long list of, of great performances this year from Brooke Lopez. And um, you know, we'll see if, if Giannis was available, would Brooke even have been closing? Right. But, but again, that just sort of speaks to the fact that the Bucks can play different ways, can play different lineups, can go big, can go smaller, more mobile and, Again, to win in the playoffs, we know you need to have kind of just in, in terms of your, your defensive rotations in particular. All right, I've got a listener question for you coming up next regarding Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. So we're going to get to that after we talk about Built Bar because if you've just watched a Sunday afternoon basketball game and you're looking for a celebratory snack, uh, the only way to go is a delicious Built Bar, which is uh, not only uh, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made but it's also pretty healthy for you it's covered in 100 percent real chocolate hard to believe that that could be the case but it's still healthy for you but it is only 130 calories four grams of sugar and a very generous 17 grams of protein which is good for the gun show if that's what uh that's what you're looking for so you can go to built.com but you can also go to sam's club or walmart to pick up a box of Whatever flavor you want, but uh, we know they've got the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the coconut almond, the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, coconut puffs. The list goes on and on, but all we know is that they are all absolutely delicious. So go to Walmart, Sam's Club, or Built.com and get yourself some Built Bars. Do yourself a favor, and you can thank me later for that. So the list of question. We had Frank, and this came on YouTube a couple of days ago. I don't have it up, but it is burned in my memory. So apologies to whoever asked this question. But they said, who would you rather play or who would you... And not that this is a question that necessarily needs to be answered black or white and one's going to play and one's not going to play. But the question was, who would you have in a, in a playoff rotation first, Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton? And and I said I said Pat Connaughton without really thinking about it because I said look he's proven that he can play in basically any playoff series you feel a little bit more trust on the defensive side of the ball I don't know whether it was just because Pat was coming back from injury but you know it was interesting that he only played those thirteen minutes tonight and there was a number of guys that came off the bench before him Grayson Allen plays the twenty seven minutes they only played nine guys tonight Chris Middleton's minutes are still down you got to fit Giannis in there, and he's 35-plus minutes in the playoffs. It's going to be fascinating. Wesley Matthews, your guy as well that was not active for this game, someone is going to get squeezed out a little bit here when push comes to shove. And again, I don't think it's a problem because you can change it series by series. But how do you sort of sit with that question? And then how do you think that these additions to the roster 
if at all, impact either Grayson or Pat? It's, it's interesting comparing Grayson and Pat because on the one hand, it seems like Bud is continued to be very intent on starting Grayson Allen. All right. I mean, Grayson has started pretty much all year long. <clears throat> um, and, and obviously Pat has also started a fair bit, mainly um, kind of as I would say, it seems like he's been treated as sort of the placeholder for Chris while Chris has been coming off the bench. Um, you know, I, I don't read a whole lot into Pat playing relatively less tonight just because he was coming back from the injury that, um, you know, also some miss not just Friday's game, but the, the previous game before uh, the all-star break against Chicago. Um, so I, I don't know if that I'd read in as much into, into that. I mean, you know, again, before, before he, he missed those couple of games, his previous four games, he played 35 minutes, 24 minutes, 28 minutes, 22 minutes. Um, and so again, you know, it, it is kind of an interesting dynamic because on the one hand, it seems like Grayson Allen, as I said, Bud really likes starting Grayson Allen, but just given the history, we know that Bud trusts Pat Connaughton as well. So uh, it'll be interesting, especially if Pat's nursing a little bit of his calf injury, obviously he had you know, that injury coming into the year as well. And kind of, you know, what cost them almost like, I think a month of action. So, uh, so I think depending on that, right, maybe they'll take it a little bit easy with him and, and kind of monitor his minutes a bit more, at least in the short term, we'll see. Uh, but I, I, I would kind of feel like Grayson maybe is a kind of higher upside player in the sense of offensively. <clears throat> I think he can do a little bit more in terms of attacking off the dribble than, than Pat can. Uh, but I think, you know, as, as much as Grayson has been really improved defensively this year, especially against smaller players, uh, I, I do think Pat's just a little bit more versatile uh, than, than Grayson is defensively a little better on the, the, the glass as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I think Pat, I just kind of trust more. Um, you know, if you don't tell me what the matchup is, I feel like Pat just travels a little bit better in that regard. Um, but it's not to say that there wouldn't be matchups where, where Grace Allen could, could be, you know, certainly a better option and, and maybe a guy that, that Bud trusts uh, a little bit more as well. But, um, but, you know, again, Hey, the upside of not having to trade Grace Allen uh, in, in the great Jay Crowder trade or in some other deal is that you, you have a, another legit weapon that has proven to be a, a solid starter for you this year. And uh, Hey, if he doesn't, if he's not a good matchup against the Celtics, for instance, you don't, you don't have to play him. You have enough guys now that you, you don't necessarily have to play him again. That and actually not play him in a series like that. I kind of doubt he just isn't going to play him at all, but um, I think it's one of the interesting questions that would go into a series like that. And I thought Grayson Allen had some pretty decent moments tonight, even defensively when he got caught out. He had a couple of decent possessions on Devin Booker as well. I think we've pointed to through the season that he's, I think he's gotten better and it's not the effort level as much as it is just the size stuff with Grayson Allen, but I agree. That was my big thing with the Crowder trade all season long. Just wait till the end and hopefully you don't have to give up Grayson. They got it done. So you feel pretty good about the lineup uh, versatility stuff, as we've said, and the options that they have. Uh, Brooklyn coming up next. Now, this is a uh, team that has significantly changed since, speaking of the 2021 playoffs, this roster is looking very different and the Bucs are looking for 15 straight wins. We'll see whether Giannis plays in this game, Frank. Was 16 wins the streak in 2020? Is that correct? They got up to 16 wins, I believe. I thought it was 18. Jeez. That's that's a well, it still feels a way off then. Who who have the Bucks got after Brooklyn? There's Brooklyn, then there's an Orlando, then Philadelphia is the big one on, on Saturday night, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the 
you have the back-to-back, -back, right? So I think especially as we think about managing Giannis and when he returns, <coughs> um, you know, obviously you're not going to bring Giannis back and have him playing a back-to-back -back, um, in his first games back, but uh, it would be interesting to see, I mean, does he have a chance to, to play in either of those games or do they try to save him in both of those games and you have an extra couple days off Thursday, Friday before, uh, before you play, obviously, the big game of the week against the Sixers. And again, I say big game of the week. I mean, you know, if you lose the, the two previous games, right, then, well, then you, you, you would have rather won those two than, than win one game against the Sixers. But, um, but I, I mean, at this point, I mean, having won 14 in a row, things have been clicking well. Uh, I thought today, I mean, winning this game without having uh, a good shooting night, I thought was, was also really encouraging because as we, we often point out, Usually when the Bucs don't have Giannis, then things become much more kind of three-pointer dependent. And I think we certainly saw the impact of that offensively, which is not a good offensive night for the Bucs. They were uh, – they actually were uh, – this was a very slow-paced game. So they were at about 113 points per 100 possessions, which is actually slightly higher than their normal number. That's a 48th percentile per cleaning the glass. So pretty much an average NBA night in terms of the scoring offense. The defense was very good, 107.4 points per, per – 100 possessions allowed. <clears throat> um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Brooklyn obviously is a kind of a different beast right now, but they have a million wings uh, um, and, uh, but they don't have any true stars at this point. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, at some point you're going to hit a banana peel when you've won this many games in a row. It's hard to go an entire month without losing, without losing a game. So um, again, you just kind of hope you keep, keep the streak rolling. Hope you again, Friday night, you won a game very easily. Today, you win a game not so easily. Uh, hopefully, you, again, just can kind of keep things rolling a little bit. And, um, you know, again, the depth this is where obviously the depth as well really helps you. And, again, can't say enough about Drew and, and Brooke and the fact that they just seemingly can pop up whenever, you know, whenever whenever they're needed to be called upon, they can kind of step up and have big games when, uh, when the other guys are absent. And we should know, I mean, Chris Milton didn't shoot the ball well tonight. His three-point struggles sort of continue 0 for 3 from three-point range, but 11 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Again, a guy still that just got up to the 25-minute mark, <coughs> including that, uh, you know, essentially the, the game-winning assist call it to Brooke Lopez. So, um, you know, with him, I think, again, it's just a question of health and hopefully that, that knee and his body continue to, feel better and, and he can ramp up his minutes uh, eventually. But um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting looking at Chris's minutes. I mean, part of me is wondering like, you know, is it, I mean, how fast is he really going to be ramped up? I and mean, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, and you and Justin and Camille talked a little bit about some of his comments <clears throat> um, coming out of the break in terms of not feeling like he could help the team um, in, you know, ahead of that Chicago game that he sat out. But uh We'll see. I mean, uh, is he going to be a 40 minute per game guy by the playoffs? Hopefully, but I don't know. I, I, the, the longer this kind of goes on, the more I kind of wonder, like, are they really just going to kind of leave the kid gloves on here for, for a little while longer, right? Like, when is he actually going to start? I don't know. Um, but obviously right now when you're winning ball, when you're winning basketball games, you don't feel, you don't feel quite the same pressure, obviously to make a move and shake things up and, and put him back in the starting five. All right, Bucks 43 and 17, 26 games over 500. That sounds pretty nice. And they're three and a half games clear of the Philadelphia 76ers now. And as you said, big matchup coming in a couple of days. And this Bucks and Nets game, 
Bucks are 9-0 in Feb. You said it's hard to go through a whole month without losing a game. There's a lot on the line against the Nets. I think that's the last day of Feb. Anyway, try to win that. Extend the streak to 15 and make it a 10-0 month in February. We'd be happy with that. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen today. And I know you're going to do it tomorrow, but uh, just make sure you subscribe and drop a comment to just help uh, help the process there. We we love it. But then make a Locked On Game to Game your second listen. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Frank, here... That that's the buzzer. That's the final buzzer on this podcast. Uh, I don't know what's going on in your house, but that is the signal for this podcast to end. Frank, a pleasure to hang out with you as always. Godspeed, Ken. See you everyone tomorrow.